Welcome to Radio Tambua, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. Today we wish to concern ourselves with the subject of four spirits, and in doing so, you will find John's first letter, chapter 4, especially very instructive. What does John say in First John chapter 4 from verses 1 and 6? He says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They were from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. But we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. By this we know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Never before has there been an urgent need for us to understand the words of John like our times today where we live in a world where so many people claim to be servants of God, pastors, teachers, prophets, apostles, evangelists, all claiming to come in the name of the Lord, teaching doctrine or teaching things they claim to be Christian, yet quite often what we realize is that they arrive at different conclusions. And we are left wondering, can different people, Speak under the power and inspiration of the same Holy Spirit, and yes, preach things that disagree with one another, which forces us to draw one conclusion, that while many claim to speak by the Spirit of God, the truth is that not actually all of them are speaking by the truth of the Word of God or by the guidance of the Spirit of God. And you will notice that it's not just the Apostle John that tells us about the challenge of discerning or distinguishing between spirits. Even Jesus warned his followers on several occasions. The apostles, Peter, Paul, John, all together remind the believers that we live in a world of falsehood. And as such, we must be discerning believers who can tell the difference between what is good and what is not. In looking at John's teaching, we especially notice a number of things. Number one, that John gives us the command not to believe all spirits, but to test every spirit to be sure that it is from God. And of course, followed with the, uh, after the commandment, John gives us the reason why we need to test the spirits. So he will give us reasons why we should test the spirits, and he will also show us how we can ably or effectively test the spirits so that we can know whether the message we are receiving is from the Spirit of God 
or whether the person speaking to us is speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit or not. The command that John gives us is, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. What is the reason for testing the spirits? We find it at the end of verse 1. He says, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Because we have so many false prophets that have gone into the world, who no doubt closely resemble the true one, who no doubt will claim to be speaking by the same spirit, there is every reason for God's people in every age, in every generation, to learn to discern and to test what kind of spirit is speaking to them. So the question is, how does one then test the spirit? If this is very important for the church of Christ, if this is very important for every individual believer, how do we know that indeed the one speaking to us is the Spirit of God? Well, John gives us a number of ways. And number one is that for us to know whether the person speaking is speaking by the Spirit of God or not, is that the Spirit of God will affirm the incarnation. Did you see what John says in verses 2 and verse 3? He says that by this you know the Spirit of God, that every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. So John tells us, that one way to know whether somebody is speaking by the Spirit of God is to know what this person is teaching about Jesus. Who is Jesus to this person who claims to be a pastor or a prophet or an apostle or an evangelist? When he stands on the pulpit or on TV or on radio, wherever he will be speaking from, what is his view of Jesus? Who is Jesus to this teacher or to this preacher? And John says, a true teacher of the true gospel, a man speaking by the Spirit of God, will always confirm and affirm the incarnation. Of course, at the time of John's writing, we have a group of false believers called the Gnostics who are not only distorting the identity, the deity of Jesus Christ, but are even denying his humanity. So John places a serious emphasis here when he says that the Spirit of God does not only affirm that Jesus Christ is the Son of God or is from God, but that he has also come in the flesh. The scriptures teach us that Jesus is fully God and Jesus is fully man. But most preachers or false preachers will tend to emphasize different aspects of Jesus at the expense of his true deity, at the expense of his true humanity. And John tells us that whenever you listen to preachers, hear what they say about Jesus, and it will help you to know whether they speak by the Spirit of God or they do not speak by his Spirit. Throughout the centuries, so many people have distorted the identity of Jesus, yet the doctrine of who Jesus is is at the center of what Christianity is really about. Some have called him a good man, others have called him a good teacher, some have called him a great miracle worker, some have thought he was a man that was so loving, probably demonstrating love greater than anyone had ever known. 
But is that all there is to Jesus? If Jesus was all loving and all powerful and great communicator and wonderful person at relationships but was never God, what would this mean for all those who claim to be Christian? Would they really be saved? And John is saying that for you to even become Christian, Jesus must not only be central, Jesus must not only be God, but he must also have come in the flesh. He must be human. You want to know if somebody is speaking by the Spirit of God? Ask your question, what does he say about Jesus? But number two, we notice John again making another point in verses 4 and verse 5. That true teachers of the gospel have been regenerated and therefore do not live like those of the world. In other words, he's saying, you want to know that somebody is living and speaking by the Spirit of God? Don't just hear what he says. Look at his manner of lifestyle as well. In verse 4 he says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They were from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. John begins to compare the life of a believer in Christ and the life of somebody who is still worldly or who is not yet Christian, and he gives us some characteristics on how you know such people. He says believers, first of all, who are in Christ do not behave or live according to the standards of this world. In quite often, they will be in opposition to what the world stands for. They will be hated. They will be persecuted. They will be opposed and oppressed. But we are told that those who are of the world have no problem because, after all, the world listens to them. But not so with the believer. A believer who is indwelt by the Spirit of God, who is seeking to live a life that honors and brings glory to God, will often face opposition, will often face persecution, will often be growing into godliness, will often be going deeper into an understanding and a treasuring of God's word. So when you look at somebody who claims to be a believer, maybe even claims to speak by the Spirit of God, but you look at their lifestyle, is there evidence that indeed the Spirit of God is at work in their lives? How do they live? Is it in light with the things they claim to believe? Are they a model of good Christian believers? Do they honor God's word and make it central in every aspect of their lives? Or are they seeking to be in perfect harmony with the ways of the world and therefore conforming to the standards of the world have actually found peace with it? John says those of the world, the world will listen to them. But those of the Spirit, those who are believers in Christ, will indeed find trouble in this world. But then he gives them an encouragement saying, Greater is he that is in you than the one who is in the world. But part three, or number three, we also find that those who are of God will accept apostolic teaching and witness. Verse six tells us that this is how we distinguish between the Spirit of truth and the spirit of error, that those who truly know God will listen to the apostles, and those who are not of God will reject them. So a good question would be, does this person who claims to be a believer, 
or who even claims to be a preacher sent by God, does his teaching agree with the apostolic doctrine? When he stands up to speak, is he speaking on the basis of what the apostles have already told us? Or is he claiming to be bringing new revelation that in most cases will contradict what the apostles have already said? What is his message? Is it affirming the teaching of the Bible that we already find put down for us? Or is it contradicting? Or is it even claiming to be new revelation contrary to what the apostles have already told us? Look at verse 6. He says we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. And of course he's talking about the apostles. And then he says whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How do we know that somebody is speaking by the spirit of God? He will be in agreement with what the apostles have already told. He will be in agreement with what the apostles believed. He will be in agreement with what the church has believed over ages in light of the Bible being the standard and instruction for all those who believe. And so the apostle John is saying, if you look at the, their view of Jesus, if you look at their evidence of regeneration, and you look at their conformity to the teaching of the apostles, you will know whether these people indeed are speaking by the Spirit of God or if they are not speaking by the Spirit of God. Now, by now you are probably saying, I know where you are going. I have come across a number of churches that quite often will distort the identity of Jesus. Maybe you are already thinking about such groups that we've been discussing the whole of this week. You are thinking about the Mormon church, you are thinking about Jehovah's Witnesses, you are thinking about Oneness Pentecostals, you are thinking about followers of Branham, and, and so on and so forth. So many churches or groups that claim to be Christian, but have a distorted view of Jesus, either they look at him as Jesus who is the Son of God, but not really human, or they look at him as Jesus the human the one who is a good speaker, miracle worker, wonderful at love, but really not God. If you belong to such a kind of church, or you have been listening to teachings of such a kind of church, then you already know that they are not speaking by the Spirit of God. I am sure you have also come across some believers who claim to be Christian. Sometimes they even speak in tongues. They are in the mountains and praying all the time. And of course, I am not saying praying is bad. But quite often you find that while these people are seem to show their Christian life by how loud they pray or how long they pray, their manner of lifestyle is not consistent with what they claim to believe. We are living at a time when we have this new teaching, the so-called the hyper-grace movement, where we are hearing preachers proclaim from their pulpits that one can be saved and at the same time conform to the standards of the world. Grace from God, which is supposed not only to bring salvation to mankind, but to empower mankind for godly living, has instead become a license for immorality, a license for licentiousness, a license for living in sin or in evil, and not feeling guilty at all. Today we are hearing preachers claiming that God's grace is sufficient, therefore it doesn't matter what sin you commit, in fact, when you realize you have sinned, don't even bother to repent or feel sorry. All you just need to do is to rejoice because you see, when sin increases, even grace increases. 
And to that we know what the Apostle Paul says. That shall we continue in sin so that grace may increase? And the answer is certainly no, no, no. So what is the situation of these believers who claim to be regenerated by the Spirit of God? When someone says he is a Christian or he is a believer in the Word of God, how do we really tell that he is a believer in the very things he claims? We look at his life. We look at whether his practical day-to-day living is in conformity with the clear teaching of the Word of God. And if there is no evidence that this person is regenerated, most likely he is not. If this person is not living by the standards of the teaching of the Bible, why would he want to believe that he even has a right understanding of what the Bible teaches? A believer's lifestyle will tell you a lot whether somebody is walking by the Spirit of God or not. But we also notice that for somebody to really be a believer and uh, show evidence of his being a believer, he must be in submission to biblical teaching, to what the apostles believed, what the apostles affirmed, what the apostles passed on to the church, and what the apostles, through the teaching of scripture, continue to call us to teach, to believe, and to live out in our own lives. Is this pastor, or is this lay believer, really in conformity with the teaching of the Bible? What do we make of people who say, for us we are Christians, yes we even believe in the Bible, but for us the Bible is not sufficient. We need to add on top something else, maybe extra biblical revelation. It could be the book of Mormon, like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has done. It could be the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society that has added the Awake magazine and the Watchtower magazine on top of the Bible or has even retranslated the Bible? What do you make of believers who are saying apostolic doctrine and teaching is not enough? We need to add something in order to complete God's revelation for us. We know from the scriptures that for every true believer in Christ Jesus, that the Bible is not only infallible or inerrant, but it is sufficient for all faith and for matters of practice. And what does that mean for us? That anybody who adds from the Bible, or who subtracts from the Bible, or who disagrees, or who attempts to distort or deny what the apostles have taught or even believed, is clear evidence that this person is speaking or living by the spirit of error, but not the spirit of God. Brothers, do not believe every spirit. And the words of John have never been as relevant as they are today, especially for the church in Uganda. That we live in times where people claiming to be Christians, messengers of God, claiming to be teachers of God's word, teach by a different spirit, distort the identity of Jesus, they do not show evidence of regeneration, do not conform to the teaching of the apostles, and the apostle John is saying such kinds of people Do not speak by the Spirit of God's truth. What do you need to do? Stay away from them. What more can you do? Pray for them, that the Lord will show them the error of their ways, and hopefully by God's grace they will be transformed and they will follow the way of truth. But again, more beyond prayer, please be discerning. Because if you are not able to tell the difference between which spirit is at work, 
their chances are very high that you will follow preachers who are preaching by a false spirit. You will end up believing things that are taught by these people which contradict the apostolic doctrine and that is a very dangerous place for you as a believer. So yes, pray for them. Yes, be discerning so you can tell the difference. And the reason you tell the difference is so you can defend your faith and so you can help those who might not be as discerning as you to be able to tell the difference and therefore stay away from such preachers, stay away from such teaching, and by standing firm in the teaching of the scriptures, guided by the Spirit of God, not only do you save yourself, but even the lives of those that listen to you. May the Lord bless you so much as you continue to think about this, that you will not be led by the spirit of error, but you will be led by the spirit of truth. And as the Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Amen. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.